0: I'll never forget the very first day of seminary orientation. I went to seminary right after high school graduation in 2012, so that August at St. Joseph Seminary College in Covington, also known as St. Ben's at the Abbey. We go into this meeting room the very first day, all the new guys, all the first-year seminarians, and there's a professor who's there who's explaining everything to us, the orarium or the rule of life day-to-day. This is what time we do this. This is when you go here. This is when classes start. All these different things, but he prefaces everything by saying gentlemen welcome We're happy that you're here very excited to welcome you to our community And thank you for being willing to prepare yourself to take on the most dangerous job in all of humanity And we said what? What do you mean? Because as he's going on he's talking about the theology of the priesthood and the beauty of it and all these different things he says, at the, towards the end of the presentation, the reason the priesthood is the most dangerous job in all of creation, in all of humanity, not physically, but spiritually, is because when you die, after hopefully a good, long, full, fruitful life of priestly ministry, you'll stand before God at your judgment, and you're going to answer for every single soul that you encountered in your priesthood. Especially becoming pastors, which as of 17 days ago has been me Is that you are charged with the care of every soul within your parish So everybody associated with LSU technically i'm responsible for your soul And that's daunting in one way. He said you're going to account for all of those people. You're going to answer for them How well did you proclaim the gospel? Did you love them? Did you drive them into or away from the church? What did that look like you're gonna have to answer for that? He's going through all of this, and I hear the guy behind me in orientation goes, Man, we just got here. We just started. It's scary. Like a couple weeks ago, as Father Andrew was about to head over to begin his pastorate at St. John, he said, All these souls on LSU's campus, take care of them. And again, I said, Man, I just got here. I'm just starting. And I tell that story because it comes to mind when we hear about this parable of the seed falling on the fertile soil, because we give ourselves too much responsibility sometimes. We give ourselves too much to take care of. Yes, we absolutely should evangelize. We absolutely should proclaim the gospel. We should build the kingdom. We should be good, holy people of faith and share that with everybody. But ultimately, it is not up to us. It's not up to us. The work of the conversion of souls is something that only God himself can do. We can help. We can hinder. We can help in that regard and bring more people to, and we can also drive people from the church. I'm sure we could all think of a litany of people who we've known who have left the church because of some terrible encounter that they had, and that's not their fault. But all too often we get disappointed, and a lot of times I'll get a mom or a dad, a grandparent say, "Father, I need you to pray for so-and-so, my son, my daughter, my grandchild, my niece, my nephew, my anybody. Because as much as we pray for them and try to lead them down the right path, they just don't come to church, they don't pray, they don't believe in God, they do this, that, the other thing. And that's heart-wrenching as a spiritual father, but it begs the question that we have then, have you raised them in the faith to the best of your ability? Have you really tried? Have you invited them to come to Mass with you? Have you read the scriptures with them? Have you prayed with them? Have you challenged them? Have you been joyful? Have you loved them well? Have you done everything that you possibly can to bring them to the Lord? And if the answer is yes, Father, but they still don't show up, whatever the case might be, you have done your job. It's okay. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downhearted. The Lord cannot expect you to do the impossible. What is impossible is to take someone's free will away from them. We have to make the decision to come to the Lord. I hope that nothing I ever say or do will drive someone from Jesus. I hope that nothing you ever say or do will drive someone from the church. I hope that won't be the case. But ultimately, it is the Lord's work that we get to participate in. It is his responsibility. He sees us fit to invite us into that work for some reason, because we're going to mess it up. We are imperfect people. But this seed that we hear about in the gospel, God is absolutely reckless when he's planting that seed. What do I mean by that? Growing up, we had a garden in our backyard for the fall and then in the spring as well. And I always hated the day when we had to till the soil and make up the rows and measure everything out, make sure the compost pile was turned in with the the dirt, it was nice and fertilized, measuring things out, okay, this is where you're going to plant this seed, and then a foot later, and then a foot later, digging things, planting stuff, pulling the weeds, watering it all at the right times during the day. That's hard work. It's worth it in the end. But that is not how God plants the seed. Notice this imagery that Jesus gives us a sower goes out to sow the seed and some falls here some falls there Because he's literally like walking into this field throwing it absolutely everywhere Think about walking into an open field with a handful of like those mixed wildflower seeds and you just scatter it You come back several weeks months a year later, and it's going to be overgrown With color and with fragrant flowers and everything else. That is how God plants the seed. It is abundant. Absolutely abundant. There is no end to it. That's why he's not worried about the seed that falls on the ground or the path or the thorns or things like that. Because there's no end to it. That's how we should go and actually evangelize and share the message of the gospel. Prudently, but abundantly. The word is all around us almost literally you hear it every time you come to mass and i hope you don't hear scripture only when you come to mass you see it on billboards you might hear it in a song or on the radio or in a podcast somebody might share something with you there are references to the lord's word all over the place but when we allow our hearts to be that good fertile good fruitful soil that the gospel talks about the psalm talks about it takes root in our hearts and it transforms us and it makes us into better people holier people more virtuous people abundantly because the lord just consistently pours it out and pours it out and pours it out because he loves us to that extent and even beyond that extent last sunday i talked about The fact that suffering is not vain, it's not empty. Suffering does something for us. It is difficult, but it's nothing to be afraid of. And it's not empty, and it's not meaningless. I reference the second reading last Sunday from this Sunday's reading, when St. Paul says, I consider all the sufferings in this world to have absolutely no avail. It doesn't even compare to the glory of heaven that awaits us. That's the good news, the abundance of this seed that the Lord bestows upon us. But brothers and sisters, unless we allow our hearts to be that good fertile soil to let the word of God take root in our heart to transform us, we're not going to have anything to share with other people. We have to give from abundance. We have to give from what overflows from us to receive first and then to share. So maybe you do feel that you are just pouring out and pouring out and sharing more and more and more with a loved one with a friend, with a coworker, to try to bring them deeper into the faith. Maybe you find that they're not coming around. That's okay. Hopefully you're doing that not to proselytize, as Pope Francis would say, just to help them join the Catholic club so that they're one of us, but because you love them and want what's best for them. To love someone is to want what's best for them, to will their good, to want them to get to heaven. And so hopefully you share the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ with them because you love them. But then pause for a second, take a step back and consider this. If you're doing that because you love them, don't you think that God, who is love itself, loves them infinitely more than we ever could imagine? Don't you think that he wants them in church more as well? Don't you think that he wants their sacramental living, the word of God to take root in their heart? a transformation in their very soul. Don't you think that he wants that for them too? So why carry it yourself? Why think that the burden is yours and that if they don't live a holy life, then you're to blame for it? They have to choose that and the Lord will always choose them and pursue them more than we ever will. And it's okay to embrace that and to say, Lord, I love this person, but you love them more. Take care of them. Well, we can't get there unless we say, Lord, I love you, but I know that you love me infinitely more than I can ever even hope to know you. So let my heart be that good, fertile soil. Let it be good for me. Let it take root. Let your word, your sacraments, your peace, your joy, and all these different gifts that you want to bestow upon me, let it take root in my heart to change me. So that I too can go out into the field and help sow the abundant seed. Mother Teresa is attributed to saying, God calls us always to be faithful. He never said anything about being successful. Come to me all you who labor and are burdened, Jesus says, and I'm going to give you rest. Go to him. Don't worry about the rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. This was last week's gospel, and it's still true. We learn from him, not ourselves, not even somebody that lives a good holy life and we think they have all the answers to get the trick to bring people in. That is not our job. Our role is to be present and to provide, to be a listening ear, to love and to support people wherever they are, however they need it. But the work of conversion of souls the work of changing hearts that is nothing that anybody in this church can do except the Lord himself. So to sow that seed abundantly and recklessly like God does just to pour out more and more and more might sound absurd but it has to start within our own hearts. We have to be changed first if we hope to ever offer change to someone else. But to also not be discouraged to be encouraged that God loves and God pursues. And ultimately, the work of the kingdom is for the Lord to do. For some reason, he invites us into it, entrusts us with it. He entrusts that work to us, but he has to be the one to bring it to fulfillment. So as the psalm says, yes, the seed that falls on good, fertile soil will bear good fruit. But let that good, fertile soil be our hearts beginning tonight so that we can be transformed, so that we can let the word take root in our heart, so that we can be converted, and so that we can go out into the field to join the Lord and to sow the seed abundantly. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.